This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I have just come back from a vacation in Ontario where I spent a couple of weeks getting to know some brand new, very small family members and enjoying a swim in a lake and, well, fighting off the mosquitoes. The usual Ontario experience. But during my time there, listening to the radio, reading the papers, I came to understand that there's a different strategy at play with the election coming up this fall. It appears, at least from my observations, that Justin Trudeau has decided to run basically against Doug Ford rather than Andrew Scheer when it comes to try to win seats in Ontario, particularly vote-rich Toronto and the greater Toronto area. Here to, well, either refute my analysis or, or back me up, hopefully a little bit, as political communications consultant Jerry Nichols from the Hill Times and Power Play and all of those shows. Uh, and he's back with us on the program today from Oakville, Ontario. Jerry, Jerry, hello. Hi, Sterling. How you doing? Well, I'm fine, thanks. I'm sorry I didn't call on you when I was in Ontario, but the family had me just tied up for pretty much the whole time I was there. But I did get to listen to the radio and read a few uh, paper uh, columns and so on. And uh, am I barking into the wind here, or have I pretty much nailed it's going to be Trudeau versus the very unpopular Doug Ford in place of Andrew Scheer this fall? Yeah, I think, Sterling, that's a, that's a fair assessment. Uh, we have to keep in mind um, what the Liberals are doing from in terms of their strategic perspective. Um, they're dealing with Andrew Scheer right now, and I think their best hope of winning is to kind of demonize him. Mm-hmm. Right now, Trudeau isn't all that popular, so their message is going to be, hey, I know you don't like me, but Scheer's even worse. Um, the problem with doing that, however, is that you know Scheer is such an innocuous figure, and he's kind of boring and bland. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, kind of hard to you know, say he's evil. And plus, he doesn't really have much of a policy uh, trail to sort of go after. Um, so, they're, so they're going after a proxy instead. Um, now, originally, of course, their, their plan was to link Andrew Scheer with Stephen Harper. Right. Then they kind of changed that to say, no, no, uh, Scheer's more like Donald Trump. Now they're saying, oh, he's, he's like Doug Ford. He's, he's friends with Doug Ford. And I, 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 I think the reason for that I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, you said that Doug Ford's unpopular right now. Right. Uh, and so they're trying to do whatever they can to link Shear with Ford, knowing that most people can't distinguish between the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario and the Federal Conservative Party. You know, conservative is a conservative is a conservative. Sure. So that, that, I think, is basically going to be their strategy going forward. Unless somebody else pops up to be unpopular, then maybe they'll go after them as well. But right now, it looks like Ford's going to be the evil guy that the liberals are going to kind of kind of highlight in their strategy. It, it still strikes a lot of us here out west as being uh, different and kind of odd. So I think it's important, Jerry, that you let our Vancouver listeners know exactly how unpopular Doug Ford is. He's doing all the ugly stuff that smart political leaders do in their first years of their four-year terms in the hopes that by the time the election rolls around a few years later, the folks have forgotten about the ugly stuff or maybe, maybe just maybe some of it actually made sense. Either way, the ugly stuff, he's right in the middle of getting that done, and his numbers are not very healthy at all, correct? Well, yeah, he, he, he's not doing that great. I don't think he's doing as badly as a lot of people in the media are making out. Um, but he's certainly not doing, he's not doing extremely well right now in the polls. And I think the problem for Ford, uh, to a large degree, is his own communications problem. Sure. Uh, you know, he, he, he did some cutting uh, of spending, 
uh, but he kind of did a death of a thousand cuts. In other words, instead of sort of announcing everything at once, uh, he kind of, one week there'd be one announcement, and the next week there'd be another announcement. So it gave the media and his opponents a lot of time to kind of circle their wagons around each one of those things and make a big deal about them. And people never like to see government services cut. You know, they might not like the deficit, they might like debt, but they still don't, they don't like to see their, you know, you know what they depend on or, or, or government services they like. They don't want to see them curtailed. Sure. So that's always going to be a problem for Ford. And I think more than that, Ford has displayed a certain incompetence um, in terms of explaining what he's doing, in terms of defending his budget. And also there's a lot of, you know, sort of scandalous things involving his chief of staff and, you know, and sort of... Um, Cronyism yeah. issues. Oh, yeah, I was looking for the word. Thank you, Sterling. Uh, cronyism. Uh, his, his chief of staff, uh, Dean French, had to re- had to quit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad headlines about that. So I think I think you know, in a way, Doug Ford's government is kind of a mess for a lot of reasons, um, and it's sort of it's 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 sort of you know hemorrhaging into the conservative party right now. I, I you know it, it, is this a terrible thing for Shira? Uh, maybe it's it's not great. But I don't think it's, it's something he can overcome if he has a proper strategy. Interesting. Now, let's zoom in for a moment on Mr. Scheer, because you just mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, uh, he really doesn't have a lot of baggage. People don't associate him uh, or, or automatically think of him as a, an evildoer and, oh, gosh, you give him the prime minister's chair and the country's going to go to hell in a handbasket, all that sort of stuff. He doesn't strike, I don't think, many people as being that sort of individual. If anything, I think he strikes most people as... So who is this guy? What does he stand for? I haven't seen Andrew Scheer ever get angry, uh, and not that I want him foaming at the mouth, Jerry, but, you know, a, a, little, um, a little emotion can travel a long way with people who are looking for someone to stand up for what they believe in. Uh, Andrew Scheer is basically the uh, Pillsbury Doughboy of Canadian politics. <laughs> yes, okay, I'm not going to argue that one. <laughs> okay. uh, you, know, he's, you know, he's harmless. And, and, and he's adorable. Um, and, 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 he, and, his, and his initial strategy after becoming a leader was to kind of promote the fact or highlight the fact that he was just an average, everyday, middle-class dad. Yep. Right? That, that's, that's kind of his thing, which never struck me as being a very effective strategy because I think the average Canadian wants a leader. Right? They don't want, they don't want the guy next door running the country. Mm-hmm. They want, they want somebody who's got something different, who's like, who has sort of an aura and a presence. They want that guy to be leader. So I think right off the gate, uh, Scheer sort of made a strategic error in terms of his communication. And ever since then, what's really struck me about him is, is, is that he's timid. He's passive. I, I call him an arch-cautionist. Um, he, he, he doesn't really go out. You don't really see him doing any kind of bold moves or measures. You don't really get see him going out there and, you know, you know you know, proudly declaring what he stands for, what his vision is. Uh, you don't really know what he stands for, other than the fact that he doesn't like Justin Trudeau. Right. Or uh, that he wants to replace Justin Trudeau. He's more the, competent than Justin Trudeau. I get the impression, Jerry, that he is so uptight about offending anyone, he'd prefer not to say anything. Well, my sense right now is, and I think this has been sort of reinforced by the fact that he's been sort of, you know, heading up in the polls lately, is that he, he he's playing... He's playing, instead of playing to win, he's playing not to lose. Yeah. And not not very compelling, is it? Right. It's, it's very defensive. Um, and the problem with that is you cede the initiative to your opponent. And that's what's happening right now. Well, he's being Mr. Nice Guy and trying not to make any mistakes and, you know, sort of apologizing anytime anybody goes off the rails anywhere. 
uh, Trudeau's going after him with a rusty axe, right? Um, and, you know, sooner or later, uh, I think Andrew Shear's going to have to fight back, and he's going to have to brawl. Um, the question is, uh, can he do it? Can the people who, who surround him do it? I don't know. We'll see. I spent some time in the city of Toronto and then up in Cottage Country North and, and did a lot of just sort of asking people, well, what do you think about this? Just sort of testing the waters. And a lot of younger people that I spoke to are, some of them are still on side with Justin. He's my guy. But a lot of them, surprisingly, um, not as enthralled as they were five years ago when they gave him his majority. And some of them so disenchanted, Jerry, as to be considering, openly considering voting green. Are you hearing any of that, particularly among the large number of young voters that showed up in many cases for the first time last time around? Well, Sterling, I'm, I'm a really old person, so I don't really <laughs> hang around with young people too much. Um, but what I'm seeing in the polls is that the Green Party seems to be growing. And what I'm hearing from pollsters is that the Liberal Party is hemorrhaging support to the Green Party and some to the NDP. So I think that backs up your, your analysis with, you know, perhaps young people are turning against Justin Trudeau. And that really shouldn't be that surprising because a lot of them voted for Trudeau out of a sense of idealism. And the problem in politics with idealism is it eventually turns into disillusionment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because no politician could ever live up to the kind of expectations that were around Justin Trudeau when he became prime minister in 2015. And, you know, he, was, he was raised up by his friends and media as some kind of demigod that was going to change Canada forever, is going to be sunny ways. Well, that was never going to happen, right? You know, eventually he was going to collide with reality and, 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 and come down a little bit. And for a lot of people who thought, hey, this guy's different, you know what? He isn't. He's just like all the other guys. So I think, you know, there, when, when that happens, you have two options. You can either stay home and not vote, or you can find somebody else. Interesting and stuff. I think, yeah, and I think both those problems are, both those um, options are a problem for Trudeau. Thank you for this. Great to have you on the program. We'll talk lots more before the election rolls around. Sounds good, Sterling. Thanks for having me on your show. Jerry Nichols from the Hill Times joining us from uh, Toronto area.